Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I had to put my raisins down. You know how I feel about my raisins. It is Earth's sugary snack. When I want something sweet, I have learned to put down all things Kit Kats because it was not working. Uh, I don't do well with adult acne, okay, Greg? And so I was like, so what do you do when you want something sweet? And I picked up this habit of raisins, and you know what? To God be the glory, okay, Greg? Um, wanted to talk today about trust, and I stumbled upon this particular topic in a very comedic way. First off, I saw this video on IG, hilarious to be exact. This little boy put on a cape that his father bought him, stood at the top of the steps, and I guess he was attempting to glide down the steps, and he tumbled, like tumbleweed, down the steps. And the father just so happened to be recording that's my business phone. Um, father just so happened to be recording, and he was like, yeah, I suggest you never do that again. Uh, I don't know what possessed you to do that. But apparently the father bought him a cape. The little boy put on the cape. What do the superheroes do with capes? They fly. Duh, Dad. And so he put on the cape, and he did what superheroes do, but he got a speed knot that superheroes don't get, so that didn't quite really go according to plan um and i laughed hysterically oh that was rich to my soul because he literally doom, 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 like a full flight of house stairs shouts out that it wasn't you know the basement stairs back in the day in new york our basement steps it had the metal little tips to it or he would have came up with more than a speed knot or two little two piece and a biscuit if you will it would have been yeah it would have been serious but shouts out to him because the little boy he had to be about maybe seven or eight if that he didn't cry shouts out to him i guess the male ego starts from young because he got up and was just like mm, yep i'm just gonna go and act like nothing ever happened and that's how that's gonna work out but that led me to my idea of oh my goodness children would trust anything because what would possess him to look at the full flight of steps and say, with this little cape on my neck, I'm finna fly. Sir, you've never seen this in real life. No one taught you that you can put this on and fly. So where did you learn that? And that is because I am a firm believer that children come out one or two ways. Those, they're the children that, put out their arms when they see strangers, when strangers go, can I hold you? And then the baby puts out the arms. You're like, oh, so cute, so friendly, so yay. And then there's the other kind of people where the stranger comes up, same stranger, same scent, same can I hold you question. And the baby put a little shoulder lean on it like, nah, I'm good. It won't be no hugging of me, ma'am. And then you have to have an adult or someone say, no, that's your auntie. Go to your auntie. That's your grandma. She had a grandma. Like you have to reaffirm, bruh, I don't want this exchange. But if you co-signing her, then I'll go ahead and give her a little bit of the pat pat, but I'm not letting go of you. <laughs> have a nice day. This is not how that goes down. So that leads me to believe that maybe we come out with a preset, predetermined 
barometer of how we are to trust. And whether we learn that from home or from our caregiver or what have you. Because I don't believe that everyone walked into kindergarten and was <laughs> all day long. I believe some people were like, bye, mom. Peace out. See you later. Oh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich on deck when I get back. <laughs> cool, my girl. All right, holla back. I, I think that was the exchange for some. I personally remember asking my mother to walk me to school all the way to eighth grade. And she was like, at this point, this is ridiculous. Like, why am I still walking? No, I want you to walk with me, mother, and my friends were all walking. I was not the one that was embarrassed. I do not care. I was, listen, I got the first day of school kind of tremors and felt like, mm, I want something familiar with me. I don't care that my best friend is walking. You will be with us. And she finally told me in eighth grade, I'm not walking you. And I was like, oh, that's how we giving it up in these streets? After all I've been through. Did I ask to go to eighth grade? No, but if I fell, I would have gotten troubled, all right? Right? So if seventh grade was going to be the cutoff, I would have repeated it, but I digress. And then what made me kind of stumble upon this topic as well is I did a live a little while ago, and we were pretty much my homegirl, Joanne, and I, hey, girl, uh, we were on Instagram just kind of chopping it up to some of the things that she was listening to that I was doing um, especially the five love languages and things like that. And then I stumbled upon the word trust. And we kind of got into that a little bit, but we didn't really dove in the way that I would have liked to. So I was like, what better time than now? Do da, do da. So trust. Here is my take on it. I believe, like I said with those two examples with the children, one goes, ooh, I love strangers, all things strangers. Okay, great. The other one's like, nope, shoulderling. You're not getting any of this hug. You can have a nice day. I don't care. Have a nice day. I feel like we initially come out one or two ways, right? Then I feel like those children then grow up with that basis of either extreme caution or extreme friendliness. You just super Casper the ghost, right? Then I feel like we go into these relationships with people and we're navigating through relationships with our friends and our family and the experiences either add to or they take away from how much we trust people like I had a very 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 hard time trusting that when people did things for me that they were doing it from the integrity or the from the bottom of their heart I always felt like, yeah, but what's behind door number one? Like, I felt like someone was doing something, but then they had the hand behind the back with the cross fingers, like, I'm going to bring it back up. And whenever you're talking about trust in an area, you would be doing yourself a major disservice if you were not able to accurately trace it back to where did I learn that. And so for me, I learned most of my trust and lack thereof um, from my mother. So my mother was the most reliable person on earth. I got to go ahead and give her that. It, I learned the pure definition of reliability through her. If she said she was going to do something, she was going to do it. If she said she was going to go pay something, she was going to pay it for you. If she said that she was going to pick you up at a certain time, 5.54 p.m., 5.54 p.m. and 30 seconds earlier, you better be there. Because if not, you were late and she's leaving and that's how that goes. However, comma, 
she also was the person that when she did things for me, can't attest to anyone else, but when she did things for me, it was a braggadociousness behind it. So my baby shower, it was, she was excited about it, you know, putting on the, eh, and getting all the decorations and doing all the things. And then in the midst of my baby shower, it was an announcement of how much she went ahead and paid for everything. She paid $800 plus for, you know, baby showers wasn't the extravaganza that it is now. You know, it's not like the pre-wedding, like, I'm sorry, are y'all getting married? Or, oh, it's a baby shower. Okay, great. Um, You know, it wasn't the whole big thing. We didn't have the gender reveal, none of that. You're going to figure it out when you push out. It's, there you go, now we can reveal the gender. Have a nice day. Um, But she went and said how much she spent, that she catered the whole thing. And it was just very tooting my own horn, all eyes on me kind of thing that I was just like, oh my gosh, I I despise that. When it was time to watch my son, she wasn't, air quotes, normal grandma where it was, okay, you watch your grandchild, I come back up. It was a very, I'm doing this for you, so what are you doing for me? And so with that ingrained, along with her actually verbatimly saying, no one does anything for free. You should be paying people to do stuff so they don't talk about you and no one does anything for free. Like that was her mantra. So I grew all up with that motto. No one does anything for free. You need to be paying people to do stuff so they don't talk about you. To the point that when I started to navigate that way with people and that was my exchange, I was offending some people. When I came down here and my aunt watched my son and my daughter um, to in Georgia, I remember trying to give her money and she was like, you're offending me. I was like, no, 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 you're not going to talk about me. Because again, I had this model that I was bred on and for it to be cluelessness to anyone else was just like, no, because you're going to rub this in my face. Um, I remember my friend's mom let me stay there for a couple of weeks when I was like trying to figure out my living condition when I was in New York and I remember trying to give her rent and she was like, excuse me? Like she literally had to sit me down, like, listen to me. I, I paid the bills here. I let you stay here. Not be, I would have paid the bills whether you were here or not. And she went through this whole notion of I'm doing this because I care about you and this, that, and the third. And I was so uncomfortable. Why? Because when I got as long as I could remember the moment I got a job, I was paying the bill in my mother's house. When I was then able to move into the basement, because, you know, she a big girl now, got a big girl job, got a big girl job. She's a big girl now. Hey, just make that song up. When I was able to then pay big girl bills, it was like, okay, now you're paying rent. So I paid literally, and this was big dollars. Remember, back in the days, you got to remember back, 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 $700 to stay in my mother's basement because her thing was there's nowhere on this green earth that you can live for free and in her mind she was not prepping me um I don't even think it was that she wasn't prepping me for being an adult I think it was just more so I need help with the rent and I need help with the mortgage and I need help with you know all the other bills and utilities that come with home ownership that you going to pay. Have a nice day. That's just how she was. And so I grew with that mantra of no one just helps. Like being a parent now, and 
you can only really gather, oh my goodness, why did they do certain things the way that they did once you're able to step in the shoe. Some stuff you're like, wow, yeah, you, I don't know how you did it. And then other things you're like, I don't know why you did that. And so that portion of how she raised me, I don't like that she did that. I feel like you really derail someone, especially your child, financially and everything else when the first portions of their life consist of paying bills that they didn't accumulate you know back in the days it was huge for parents to put their electric bill their phone bill and all this other stuff in a child's name and a child is two and a half years old I mean my goodness and so what I did for most of that was I went ahead and took things that I didn't like and I flipped it and said, okay, she had me paying for stuff before I even freaking established a tax bracket, really. I mean, that was just ridiculous. So I went ahead and established credit for my son and things of that nature in Blasey Bloom. But then, so that's how I related to family and for people that wanted to do things. It was very hard for me to accept help. Not because I felt like I can do it all by myself. Not even because I wanted to do it all by myself. But it was because if my only options were, you're going to talk about me and you're going to bring it up or I have to pay you to keep you silent, then I don't, how about, how about C, none of the above? I don't want to do any of it. So I grew this proverbial chip on the shoulder because I felt like if that's help, then I don't want it, which was a design by the enemy because my innate wiring and the gift that God gave me is I am a helper. So imagine if I then would have took on that facade of, well, I'm only on helping people if they pay me and I'm going only going to help people. But when I help, I'm going to go ahead and throw it in their face. Like imagine. And that's how cryptic the enemy is. It's like he knows certain things and how certain things are going to go ahead and flourish. And he's like, mm, what things can I put in place to make this marathon less easy like I'm gonna put hurdles here then I'm gonna put things there and you're like you may be running your own race like why is this so difficult it's because he's the enemy is trying to design a marathon that would tire you out before you finish and I just want to let everybody know you better be telling people too I'm not just telling you for you to just be selfish go ahead and tell people it is designed to tire you out Please don't embody the things from the bodies around you. Meaning, if you see something and your inner spirit unctioning is that doesn't seem right. Like it didn't seem right to me that my mother was charging me what she was charging me. Especially when I cross-referenced with my friends and they were like, she charges you what? She takes your Pell and, and your checks that you get from college because of what? And so when I'm cross-referencing, I'm like, this doesn't, something is off. Thank God that I didn't go ahead and put on that suit and that armor and let that be the way that I walked out, the way that I helped people. Praise God. I mean, that just would have been disastrous for everyone. So that's when it comes to family and friends, right? So I learned that part. Then you navigate to trusting in relationships. 
which in my opinion is the most crucial because I feel like we can probably do okay with a little bit of faultiness and saltiness from family, from friends. But when it comes to the matters of the heart, I think that it has the ability to derail and to like completely self-destruct us. And I'm very strongly about that. I feel very strongly. And that's why I believe that the Bible says, guard your heart, please, above all else. If you guard nothing else, I'd rather you not guard your eyes. You don't care nothing about what you're breathing in. Just guard your heart. Because it's a different love there. It's a different connection. It's a different association with it. You're not laying in bed or planning life or doing anything else with, you know, your nuclear family or, you know, your best friend or what have you. But someone that you're like, man, I planned on defeating and conquering the world with you and this is how you did. Like, you don't know some of your greatest hurts until you went into the wrong relationships and you're like, bruh, everybody is the devil. Everybody? Once you got into that relationship? Because it's... It's not the family that does it. Family, you like, man, they tripping. I'll go ahead and I'll just, you know, disappear. I won't go to every family function. I'll do whatever. Friends is acting up. You're like, listen, I'll go. I don't have to go clubbing. Clubbing is not even my scene. Like, matter of fact, I'll just go somewhere else with another group of people. I'll go by myself. But when you saw the potential in a relationship, in a person, and you're like, okay, let's navigate and journey together. And then you realize all this time in such a close proximity, this person was designed to hurt and crush you. It makes you look at the world different. And I believe wholeheartedly, yes, you can get back to the place of trusting people, which is what we touched on a little bit on that live. But trust is such a fragile thing. It is so easy to give out. It is so hard to gain back. Because I feel like we pretty much do in relationships the way that, you know, the court system should be doing. You know, people are innocent into proving guilty but being in a a relationship or in a situation with someone where they make you look at people like oh I played myself I I thought that when you said you was going to sleep you was really going to sleep here I am thinking that you know you put your phone face down on silent because you forgot to put it back on you know the alert Once you got off of work, I'm really thinking that that's what it is. I'm really thinking that Robert is really Robert and it's not the cold word for Keisha. Oh my gosh. And so when you start learning the the layers to how a person really is, it makes you look at everyone cautiously like time out. I don't really think I want to play this game because if that's how y'all out here playing with people's hearts, then... I'm not Inspector Gadget enough to try to figure out who's who. I'm not finna be playing Blue's Clues with my heart. I'm not interested. And I feel like the more we understand the characteristics of those who are faulty, who do want to have an underhanded scheme and they want to, you know, they have selfish intent and they're just overall greedy because that's what cheating and all that stuff really is. It's just the person is greedy and or they're super afraid of commitment because they had so many people in their lives that look like them that instead of going ahead and choosing different, they just became a part of that crew. 
It, it it became the I'm going to cheat on you and do you dirtier before you get to me. And so now you got all these people walking around being ice zombies in their heart because they feel like the only way to survive in these dating and relational streets is to either get someone before you or get over someone so fast that you look like a celebrity. You were dating such and such on Friday, but now Saturday you hugged up with somebody else like we're just learning how to go ahead and corrode all things love, relationship, trusting, building. The more that we do things like that, because that's not humanly possible. If you're really into somebody, it doesn't take a weekend for you to just be like, okay, I'm over it. It takes a weekend for you to actually dissect what happened. Like, bro, I don't, how did you go from texting me? Like, and then you start trying to find, when did you have the time to do all that? You like, Were you doing that when I was, when we were in, and, and now you're trying to piece together and it's actually frustrating you because you're like, will I ever get to the point that I trust people again? Yes. First step, really understand truly your natural disposition. Are you the child that is, yay, you put your arms out for every stranger. Ooh, candy. Ooh, mister, can I pet your dog? Is that your natural disposition? Because if so, then you have to navigate life a little bit differently. You have to be the person that says, okay, self, I trust a little bit more than the average bear off the one. <laughs> you don't have to do much. You say hello and I trust you. So I need to put barriers and boundaries in place to not only to keep people away so I can figure them out while I'm learning, but to, you know, go ahead and protect myself. Because if not, I'll know people for three, four days and they'll have access to my ATM card. Not because, you know, I'm being careless. It's just because I don't really have any real reason not to trust someone. So if that is you, you need to put barriers in in front of yourself. That is normally the person who tries to go out and they're like, man, I'm just be cold hearted. I'm just, this going to be the new way. And you try to go ahead and just corrode and make a new you. And that's not what God wants you to do. He doesn't want you taking the mansion and enforcing it to be a two-bedroom apartment. No, if you are a mansion at heart, which means you're big-hearted, you do everything big, 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 your Texas, you know, shouts out to you, you know, and you don't have any real natural kick-knee, jerk-knee reaction to trusting people. If that is naturally you, then love you, but around the ma mansion, um, put a security system. Also put a gate. Also put a security guard and then also put some webcam. Oh, and by the way, doorbell cam. Because what you're actually doing is saying you're slowing yourself down enough to learn if this is the person that deserves access to the mansion. You see what I'm saying? And on the flip side, if your natural disposition is the child that hits you with the shoulder lean like, no, don't touch me. That's your grandma. Go ahead and hug your grandma. Mm -mm. I don't want to. If your natural disposition is guilty until proven innocent, then you have to navigate through life way differently. You have to be the person that says, okay, let me, the common saying, let me give them enough rope to hang themselves. And if the, with the rope that I gave them, if they didn't hang themselves, then I'm going to go ahead and give them, you know, another yard. Oh, okay, you did well with that for this amount of time? Hmm, you just may be different. Let me give you another yard. And then you continue to give people according to what they show you.
Because your natural disposition doesn't make you a bad person, doesn't make you a cold-hearted person. It makes you a cautious person. And you, we are not in the business of changing your natural disposition for some new people you just met. Because if you go ahead and try to build the case on why you're naturally that way, oh, hands down, I understand completely. But you can't treat everyone like the people that you already experienced. Give people the opportunity to experience the best parts of you. But while you're doing that, go ahead and make sure that they deserve that. Because a lot of the times, the narrative in our heart, the narrative in our brain, life will go ahead and play to that narrative. Oh, you don't trust that much? Watch. I'm going to have your friends around you getting cheated on. I'm going to have all these other situations happening that you look and you like, mm, see, that's the very reason why I handle people the way that I handle people. Yes, that's exactly how you would see. Of course, that would be the lens that you look through because the way that your life is set up, your natural disposition is your lens to life. And if you're the, you're the other person, you know, if you're the mansion at heart, you know, you'll start to see all the reasons why, see, and such and such, such and such and such. And, you know, they've been together for 30 days and now they, they got married and they've been together for 34 years. And you'll always hear the sweet melody to everything else, which will then play to the part of why you shouldn't be cautious. So the challenge in this conversation, because you know what these conversations are, they are life provoking conversations. I want you to get to the place that you learn yourself, what is my natural disposition? Then you know, okay, so then now I know how to navigate through life because I understand that that's the lens that I see life through and life is going to play to that narrative of my lens. After you do that, I want you to really, really take people for who they are. Not by their mistakes, but by their intent. One of the things that God did for me that I will be so, so grateful for, like forever, is that when I was coming back out of my shell, really wanting to trust people, and not just everyone, just the people who I'm supposed to be in contact with, how do I trust them, God? And God's thing was, I need you to trust their intent, not their actions. Because if you look at people's actions, you'll constantly see people who come up short, who fail. You look at your friends, you're like, you're not calling me as much. What's going on? You know, I've had conversations with people that I'm really like, I'm thinking that the the relationship and the friendship is fizzling down. It's just like, no, this has just been a really rough week for me. I moved and then I had a baby and then, this, and it's like, oh, I'm sorry. So again, when you look at someone's intent, did you intend to hurt me? Did you intend to go out and do such and such? Did you intend to do that? Because intent and, and action with the follow-through, they're two different things. So you really have to just take the magnifying glasses off of your lens and say, what are you showing me? What are you most consistent in? And Am I trying to make this more or less than what it is? Like, am I seeing all the red flags in the whole entire world, but I just choose to just do a little snapshot of that one moment that you did something that played to the, no, you can be trusted. And now I am find myself in a situation that I'm like, how did this happen? What do you mean, how did this happen? This thing got more flags than any um, assembly I've ever seen in school. What are you talking about? Or are you on the flip side where... You're seeing all this beautifulness, but you take that one snapshot, the aha, see, told you, knew it. 
trusting is not something that is odd. Trusting is not something that is um, inevitable. But it really, really is contingent upon what your natural disposition is. And that's why a lot of the times you will find someone and you know how you say, well, we say that you pair to your, your opposite. I married my opposite. I married someone that was like, he didn't really have a whole bunch of, you know, foul connections with people. He didn't have the, the backstory that I had. Like my backstory was conniving, not me per se, but the relationships that I was in. I was around a lot of grimy people. Shouts out to New York, but like, whoa, you really got to be, you got to know how to identify a scammer. You got to know how to, nope, you can't smile in this part of the name. Like, you really have to have a different mentality. But my husband's from Georgia. You know, Decatur, shouts out to Zone 6 year. Um, you know, I rep it now because that's my baby, so, you know. But he didn't have the scammer and you got to figure it out and, you know, watch it. And he went from small town, grew up. And then moved to another small town and became an adult. And that's pretty much the extent of his, you know, of his history. Meanwhile, I'm like, mm, oh, you going to sleep? Oh, that's what you said? And he's like, yeah, I, I went to sleep. Oh, really? You did? Okay, well, let me see your phone. He's like, okay. like I don't. <laughs> and so don't be that person that you find it so hard to trust because you are carrying so much of your past into future relationships that even if someone wanted to show you different, you can't see because you got the thickness, the Coke bottle thickness to your lens of distrust that it's like nobody can even show you differently if they wanted to. And you're so comfortable seeing through those glasses that you wouldn't even swap them if somebody gave you another opportunity to. Don't be that guy. As my son would say, don't be that guy. Well, in this case, don't be that girl, whatever, sir, ma'am, okay? Get to the place that you understand trusting is not scary. We can all learn how to trust again. Trusting is not, oh, you know, because after that one relationship, and this is just one thing, I'm going to put my finger right here on this right now. I have always been the rose that grew out the concrete, I just refuse to give anyone that much power that you get to write my story and then close the chapters of my book. My story will never read, oh, she ain't been right since she met such and such. They had that baby and then they had that situation or they had that conversation. And then, you know, the end. And then you close my book? Oh, no. Never, no, never, no, never. And so what has pushed me out of the, uh-uh, I'm going to grow past this, is because I refuse for anyone else to put their ink thumbprint on my story. No, you don't get to tell my story. Why you get to live and get that much power over my social security number? It's mine. Can you understand? Never will there be a, a, an encounter on any level. That someone else can come up to me, experience me, encounter me, and then end me? You bugging. I wish I would. And as a matter of fact, I wish you would. Get, get close to this phone. Let me explain something to you. Don't you ever let another human that breathes the oxygen you breathe and drink the same kind of water that you drink 
and get that good sunshine and rain the same way that you get and let them have the power to end you emotionally? No. Come on. Ma'am, sir, sis, bruh. No, we're not doing that. If you didn't have the power to birth me, you don't get the power to end me. Period. You may get a little highlight real quick because prior to meeting you, oh, I was not equipped with that level of knowledge. Oh, I didn't know people put fake names and try to hide and do all that. But all that should make you do is, no, you don't leave the house of trust. See that someone in the house taught you how to distrust. And then now you house that. No, you leave that house, you look back on it from the curb, and you go, you know what? Now that I know the signs of the home, the house that I don't want to make a home, this will never be my residence again. That's how you conquer anything that's scary in the trust realm and all those other different kind of things. You can learn to trust again. You know the steps now. You know what to do now. And now you don't have to beat yourself up. Why am I this way? I wish I was more like, no, 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 no. Your natural disposition, baby, you've been that way since, you know, pull-ups. We're not finna change that. We're just going to learn how to protect you now as you're learning to trust other people. You see what I'm saying? I feel like you got what you needed. No, I do feel, I feel like this was a great conversation. I feel like you got what you needed. You go ahead and share it with anyone that you feel needs it. Because listen, don't let people fool you. We all going through something in the, in the trust realm. It may not be relational. It may be, you know, family. You just like, mm, I don't know. You did me dirty last year, aunt. I don't really know how to, it, but we all have to navigate through it. You see what I'm saying? But as my good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. Go ahead and listen to the steps again. I know you're probably like, okay, so step one, step one. Go ahead and listen to it again. But I trust that you are going to learn how to trust again. You see what I did there? <laughs> All right. I ain't going to hold you. <laughs> Later.